Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi everyone and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News and it's Friday, March 19th. The iconic Land Rover Defender, with a twist. That's how Tom Maxwell describes the brand and the products he's helping bring to market in North America and the Middle East. The 25-year-old investor is the managing partner and CEO of a group that owns and operates three separate divisions of the Twisted Group. Twisted North America, Twisted Middle East, and Twisted Electric Vehicles. He launched the business about a year ago as the world was going into lockdown after securing a seven-figure investment from U.S. investors. He describes that moment in the spring of 2020 as scary. He also says that despite the pandemic, the company has surpassed its growth objectives for the year. He won't say exactly how many units the company sold, but the company did rack up over $4 million in sales of its bespoke luxury machines in 2020. Looking ahead, Maxwell says demand in North America is hot for the company's NAV8 model powered by a Chevrolet LT1 engine, as well as its smaller NASE, which is based on the legendary Land Rover Defender 90 softtop. The company is also building Defenders with electrified powertrains, something he sees as a growing area of interest among Twisted's affluent customers. He's also quick to point out that whatever of today's technologies goes inside the vehicles the company is building, they have to stay true and in many ways enable the tough, rugged, go-anywhere brand the Defender is famous for. What are the company's growth plans in North America? What lessons did the company learn as it navigated COVID-19? How does it feel being a CEO building a business in the midst of a pandemic? We've reached Tom Maxwell at his home office in the city of York in the UK. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Steve. How are you? I am doing wonderful. It's good to talk to you, and thank you for taking a few minutes out of your schedule to join me today. So why don't we start with uh, sharing with our listeners a little bit about Twisted. What's the history? What does the company build, et cetera? Okay. Um, so Twisted is a, a brand and a company that special, specializes primarily in, in the modification, the improvement, uh, customization of the Land Rover Defender, and not the new body style. Um, that was released recently, but the original uh, that ceased production in 2016. So in your role with the company, if you could if you could share that with our listeners as well. Sure, no problem. So I'm the managing partner and CEO of Twisted USA, uh, and that's a holding group that operates um, three um, subsidiaries, um, Twisted North America, and so that provides the Twisted product it product into the North American region, uh, Twisted Middle East, which name suggests uh, provides the product into the Middle East and North Africa, uh, and uh, Twisted EV, and uh, that provides our electric product internationally, so all of the electric uh, conversions and, and full build that we do. I want to talk about electrified as we get a little deeper in our conversation. But first, this name Twisted sounds exciting. What what excites you about the brand name? I, I mean, look, I mean, Twisted, it's great, isn't it? It's simple. Uh, the, the logo is super cool, the Twisted S. Um, I think Twisted as a brand, it doesn't really matter what you apply it to. Our ethos is the same. It just so happens that, that, that we apply at the moment to Defender. Um, but we take something, uh, we, we respect its originality, we 
respect its roots and where it's come from and what it was originally designed to do but we add a twist to it and typically that twist is, is based around improving the functionality that's that's the key thing for us the functionality uh, improvements and then also the form as well of, of the vehicle but but still with with a bit of respect to, to its original roots so 2020 has been of a tough year for for anybody in this industry quite frankly anybody in a lot of industries so why don't you give us a state of the business? How was the last year? What did the company do to navigate the coronavirus pandemic in 2020? Right. Okay. Um, yeah, good question. Um, I think it's been difficult for everybody. I mean, we were, I acquired the licenses for the Twisted brand right really at the start of 2020. So before anybody knew how serious this was going to be. And, um, you know, it was all very exciting. And, you know, we we secured the investment to do the deal. We did the deal. And then it was, you know, um, it was on the news that we were going into, you know, national and and then widely international lockdowns and nobody could travel anywhere. So that was a bit of a gulp moment early in the process. Uh, Pleased to announce that we kind of got got over that initial kind of concern and actually 2020 well we exceeded on our pro forma in terms of the projections for sales um and that the overall success of, of the brand's penetration especially into into north america um so it, it, there, it there has been some challenges clearly i think like every business um one of the benefits of dare i say it serving serving you know the the luxury kind of market is typically the customers that are able to buy a, a vehicle at our price point maybe aren't quite so affected you know they're in the lucky position where you know they, they do have funds and, and accessibility to, to still access um to, to buy toys like like ours because essentially our vehicles are are a toy um so we we did better than expected but that that isn't to say that we didn't have any challenges there were certainly challenges along the way mainly around communications logistics uh, me and my team from the uk not always being able to get you know across across the pond that sort of thing did you suffer any or 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 run into supply chain issues right we're hearing a lot about semiconductors there are things on the horizon relative to foam shortages did you run into any supply chain constraints as you've navigated the last year as well and tried to grow the business in this environment yeah we did we did so all, all of our construction for the north american market is done in north america but of course because the the defender is a it's a british you know product um the jlr product really a lot of our components come from twisted hq in the uk or you know the first tier suppliers from oem from jaguar land rover and especially in the uk that whole industry suffered um with the furlough scheme the lockdown here that we had in the uk more than one we're still in one now as we as we speak the smaller businesses that um that were still producing the parts for the vehicle you know jaguar land rover ceased production of this iconic vehicle in 2016 and they didn't always themselves carry on building their own components for their own vehicles so you know this happens quite a lot in in the automotive industry they segregate some of the 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 building off to other smaller suppliers that can do just as much as the market needs rather than the full volumes when the vehicle was actually in production problem with that is 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 when something like covid happens those small businesses are quite easily affected versus if it was all being produced by jlr 
you know, their, their, their bankroll's a bit different. So that was the main thing. Yeah, supply, supply of parts did slow us down. Things like interiors, you know, the access to, to, we have very specific interior and leather suppliers. We won't, my ethos is we don't change anything because our customer expects a certain level of quality. We won't jeopardize that. Uh, but that, that did mean there was some delays. You talked about meeting your sales objectives for 2020. Um, out of curiosity, how many units does that represent and, and what's on tap in terms of total units? What's on the forecast for 2021? So just in North America, um, uh, I'll talk about that rather than the overall group. But in North America, I only really wanted to sell one vehicle a month. So, you know, our, our vehicles in our internal combustion engine in the V8, they start from a quarter of a million dollars. So the the target was just let's let's enter the market. Let's build a demonstrator product. That's very important to me. We have a demo that, that people can drive. Others in our niche don't typically have that on offer. So I kind of wanted to show rather than tell. So we built that vehicle and then just sell one a month. Um, uh, I won't go into the exact numbers, but I can say we very, very comfortably um, met that target. Um, and uh, we, we, I wanted to then year on year double the, the sales and production of the vehicles out to 2025. That's the, fi- the kind of first run that we're doing into North America. And um, so that would have meant that, that there's 24 for this year. I can say that allocation, we've already done over half of those and we're well ahead again in terms of the, the pickup and demand for the product. Well, I got to imagine also, uh, you know, depending on what your capacity is, there is going to be pent up demand. And I think we're already seeing that in some other industries, right? Increased airline travel, et cetera, et cetera. Would you or are you positioning yourself to say, hey, if that pent up demand really breaks through and there is a a, you know, a massive, you know, in your world, massive influx of orders for your vehicles, do you think you're prepared? And would you even want to to meet that demand? Absolutely. Um, I think you know, we, 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 we pride ourselves on delivering a quality product, but also what's really important to me is delivering, you know, a product in a reasonable time frame. So customers, you know, not having to wait for their bespoke vehicle for, you know, in some cases, you know, from other people, they can wait 12, 16, 18 months for a custom car. For us, you know, the original timeline was six months. I would be lying if I said that some of those orders haven't been affected by COVID. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, we, we've made incredible strides to get back on target, even with those customers that, that were delayed, and also the new customers that are coming in over and above initial projections. And that's all about scaling. Um, the way our build cycles work, um, we don't do a lot of um, heavy restoration on the vehicle. Um, in fact, we do none. What we don't what we don't do our product is not a restoration. It's not a resto mod. It is an entirely you know uh, new reconstruction from all new parts. And so um, that process lends itself to scale. I think much better because the skill sets skill sets are slightly different. They're slightly more available. But also we made a lot of investment into the documentation of how to actually construct the product. It was one of the first things we did. You know, create the manual that says this is exactly where every nut and bolt goes and every tightness and every bolt length and all the very particular things about our product we documented that and so when we're training new staff 
um, we, we, we're, not re- we're not necessarily as reliant on, as others might be on one-to-one training. Somebody's got kind of automotive and building experience, we can give them that, that manual and they can kind of learn, learn very quickly. The um, long answer to an easy question, but, but it, I think it's important to go into the detail. Short answer is absolutely we're scaling literally as we speak. Um, my team are over in New Jersey looking at new premises for us in terms of production um, a, a, as well as South Carolina. So lots going on. So let's talk a, bit, a little bit about your production process, if if you will. Do you operate as a, you know, I don't know, not automated or, or if automated, but do you operate as a, uh, your your manufacturing process as a traditional manufacturing mass assembly line, or is it is it much more bespoke, much more custom than that? It's, do you know what, it's, it, that's a, that is a great question. Um, it's probably in the middle between um, one man, one ramp, and full. If, if that's at one end of the scale, full manufacturing production is probably at the, at the other end. We are a bespoke, you know, vehicle, yeah, you know, designer, maker, customizer. So we're never going to be robotic. You know, we're never going to be. Um, we're never going to be able to do the same thing every time on a line because the cars are custom. Right. And so everyone is different. Everyone not only has a different aesthetic to it in terms of its paint color and interior trim and seating configuration, but also our clients have the opportunity to really delve deep and and customize the vehicle even more from custom gun cabinets to hidden cubby boxes to different electronic components. You know, we're about to finish a vehicle for a customer who is primarily going to be driven in the vehicle rather than drive it himself. So we made modifications to the second row of that vehicle so that he can drive in comfort and he's uh, sorry, he can ride in comfort and he's got a place to plug his laptop in. So there's always going to be customization. That said, when I started this, this project, um, I was very lucky to have on board with me our COO, Bruce Riggs and Bruce's experience is in much larger scale automotive and electronic manufacturing. And so he brought in house for us a more cell-based system. So instead of it being a line, we have dedicated teams in cells throughout the process. And that speeds it up much faster than than the traditional kind of restoration where you've got two or three guys trying to take one car from start to finish. It enables a much greater efficiency. So that's how we build. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Twisted Automotive's Tom Maxwell. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online. But you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every 3 minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? 
It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Can you talk a little bit about what your expansion plans are in North America? You talked about the Carolinas. You talked about uh, folks in New Jersey scouting potential sites there. Overall, you, you look at the next year, next two or three years. What are your expansion plans in terms of facilities in North America? Well, we're, we're just really excited to push push the twisted brand into north america and like i say the uptake's been great i think from a sales perspective and and customer access perspective there's really quite quickly three key areas that i want to kind of target in terms of locality um the the tri-state so northeast new New york new jersey um that area is an area i personally know very well there's also you know a lot of strong customer base there so um, in terms of expansion, it would be a showroom um, in that sort of region. Um, the same down south, southeast in Florida and Miami, huge car scene there, as you well know, um, and just, you know, incredible space, place to be in. Uh, a lot of guys that like big 4x4 luxury SUV there. I think, I think when, last time I went there, I saw more G-Wagons than I've ever seen in, in my life just on one street. It was it was crazy. So definitely Miami. And, and last but certainly not least, the West Coast, so California. And, and that's um, because of the interest that we've had in our electric vehicles. So, you know, California with the emissions rules that it has, typically very, very complicated to, to bring any sort of a defender into um, and register with our electric product. It's tried, it's tested, it's all brand new components. So it meets all US regulations, including all of the California regulations. So it's given a whole new customer base access to the defender product where nobody else has really been able to supp- supply it properly before. So that's a, that's a real main target for me is, is somewhere in LA. Yeah. The electrification piece, I think, is wildly interesting to me, certainly in the mass, right, these the, the mass markets, these these high volume manufacturers. But more and more, I'm seeing examples of folks that are in low volume manufacturing, highly customized models dropping electrified powertrains in them. Uh, GM has announced in the last couple of years a you know an electrified crate engine, uh, if engine is the right word there. But they've they've you know they've created a product that allows folks that are restoring and and building these bespoke uh, vehicles to to drop electrified powertrains in them like they would a you know a regular crate engine. Is there a market for these for for electrified vehicles in this in this area? And and how hot do you think that market is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a growing. Uh, clearly a growing market. I think electric vehicles in general are the way we're going to go. Whether or not in 20, 30 years it's going to be full EV versus some sort of um, you know, hybrid, um, I, I don't know. I think the GM element is really interesting. You know, We use the LT1, um, which is a, a 6.2 litre V8 for our uh, internal combustion engine product from GM. Um, so, you know, I, I can absolutely see the, the mentality of providing uh, a bolt-in for an electric because people are going to want to do the resto mods. They're going to want to do the custom projects. And if the local states force them to be environmentally friendly and zero emissions, what other option are they going to have? You know, we, for us, what's exciting is both sides of the coin, right? So we, we, we're never going to be able to get away from until we're forced to internal combustion engine because our customers want it. And 
I, I would I would it, I would be fine sitting here, you know, if, if things were different and saying to you, EVs absolutely all we we sell. You know, everybody wants EV, but actually, um, we're still seeing huge demand for the 6.2 liter V8 for the power, for the muscle, for the noise, and maybe that's driven partly by the fact that people don't think they're going to be able to get it, you know, forever. So have it while they can. From an EV perspective, for me, it's it, it is a growing market, and what I'm focusing on is not just doing it so it's easy i you know i don't want to just go here we've slapped you know secondhand components from a prius or a tesla or whatever it is underneath our vehicle and here it is it's an electric defender or whatever you know whatever car it might be it, the only way for me electric works is if we keep to the originality of the product so we, we we designed our entire own system so that we still replicate you know the the driving ability of a defender the wading depth the off-road capability the, the replicating the torque curve things like that, that that are important not to the heritage without just going here's an electric defender but actually it's not it's a defender body on top of some sort of skateboard chassis our system it, it's designed with a bit of care proper attention and it really really works plus it meets all of the different conversation but it meets it meets all of the regulations as well and it very interesting kind of noise at the moment in in our industry and with specialists around the regulation of, of this and we, we, we think that's probably going to start happening quite soon we're, we're a bit ahead of the curve because we already meet all of the regulations but um, much like um, you know main automotive is regulated certainly over here in the UK and outside of the US there's less regulation on people doing custom electric installs but in many ways they're more dangerous than than, than an internal combustion engine because one wrong one wrong wire the whole thing's metal isn't it so mm-hmm. it's all for us it's all about doing it really really po- properly right and doing it completely above board well i think there's probably a performance play here as well right i mean lots of the racing leagues f1 bit of nascar also here in the u.s i mean they are testing and playing with alternative hybrid powertrains uh, you know certainly from i think from a from a climate perspective but there's also a performance piece to it and, and i say i would i would think that that appeals to some of your consumers as well right exactly yeah i mean twisted 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 was called twisted performance it's very kind of conception so we've always been about improving the performance of a defender electric you know with with its capability in terms of its instant access to torque and power it does it, yeah it, it's absolutely appealing but we're not we're not about just making the thing go it would be quite easy for us to just make a car that goes not 60 super, super quickly, but does it do it safely? Does it do it properly? Will it still do everything that a defender does? If you want to do, if you want to go that fast, best vehicle to probably do that in is a Porsche Taycan Turbo S or a Tesla Mm P100 or whatever else is out there. What we want to do is just focus on the authentic experience. So it's that balance of delivering the brand that defender has known for, for decades and decades in a in a highly bespoke, highly luxury environment, but but keeping true to the defender brand and this notion that it can go anywhere and anytime it wants. Right. You know, my my, my brief was let's do the EV, but let's do it properly and let's make sure that it has the same characteristics as our V8. You know, we've spent 21 years honing the defender with the twisted V8 platform to be an everyday drivable vehicle, you know, comfortable, powerful, capable of highway cruising, emerging, you know, all of those things. Let's not get away from that when we move into EV. 
Um, let's make sure we've got the power there, obviously, because you, you would never you would never want the the power characteristics of a 200 or 300 TDI in your Defender. That's the original, uh, a really original engine. They're quite sluggish, but let, let's do. We got our V8 offering so right. You know, let's make sure that the EV, it's never going to sound like that. Clearly, the, the, the drive field is going to be slightly different, but let's not come too far away. Let's mm-hmm. still make it usable. Let's still make it user friendly. So I want to turn uh, the conversation a little bit to to you. And, and you talked about this early on. You're a young, you're a young investor, CEO of this, this licensed twisted group in various markets that are around the, the world. You bought in at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. Not sure that, you know, unaware of of where all this was going, like like all of us were. What's it been like? How's it how's it feel? Uh, you know, how how have any lessons learned? How are the how's the last year treated you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a learning process, like I think it has been for all business owners, regardless of of age. I think nobody has ever been through anything quite like this. Um, so it was certainly a, a wake up call. You know, I've run other businesses before. I am quite early in my career, but I've been lucky enough to have success uh, whilst being leadership in, in other brands. And so I kind of I have got a bit of experience, um, but nothing could have prepared me for, for COVID. Um, but it, it has been good, right? I think um, it, you you always learn best in the face of hardship, in the face of challenge. You know, you never, I don't, I don't think you're moving forward if if there's no nothing you know pushing you pushing you back at the same time for me it's got to be a bit of a fight um else you, you're probably not trying hard enough um so it's been it's been a, a real uh, yeah a bit of a battle in, in, in parts but also a celebration you know we've i've been able to build a really great team um certainly i would not have been able to do it without without the team that i have i've had um and i think that's probably the biggest for me personally the biggest takeaway of this year is we've had the success but it's also really, really improved me as a person. It's enabled a lot of self-reflection, and I've also been able to, you know, learn a lot from from the new team that that I've been lucky enough to put around me. Because um, I, I, I certainly don't know everything, and I am I am young, and and so I've been able to bring in some older heads that I can kind of bounce off and and rely on. You know, should I have questions? So yeah. Well, I can imagine it has been one heck of a ride. So so why don't we close with kind of what's ahead? You look ahead to 2021 and beyond. What are you most excited about? What are you What are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to really rolling out the rest of our EV product. Um, we did the kind of prototype, very quiet launch here in the UK, um, which went down a storm. But the demo vehicle for our EV um, in the US is, is very near to being complete. And I think that's going to just really show the US market exactly what we're capable of. Um, and then hopefully later this year, um, we'll, we'll be in a position where we've we've got the premises open and running um, in, in one of those other um, locations, possibly two of them. Uh, our Austin showroom is, is just about to open now. And again, that's been a real learning process for me in terms of getting that set up. You know, we've learned a lot. I'm really excited to kind of in the next couple of weeks open that to the public. Um, so yeah, just I would say just a continue continuation of the brand and and uh, and see where we go. The other thing is, you know, Middle Eastern business we haven't even talked about, and the rest of the the world we haven't even talked about. But but they're beginning to 
boom as well. And so uh, I, I predict that once I've got my jab, I'll uh, I'll probably be on a plane again quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I want to I want to thank you and your team's success, um, particularly in the trying times that was the last year. Um, and looking forward to to reading more about you and learning more about you as we go through 2021 and beyond. Thanks for joining me today on Daily Drive. Great. No problem. Cheers. That's Daily Drive for Friday, March 19th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Monday.